In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel that we just heard right now is from John chapter 17, and this is actually the prayer that the Lord prayed on Covenant Thursday after he gave his body and his blood to the disciples and just before going to Gethsemane to be arrested and crucified later. This actually prayer summarizes for us the purpose of the incarnation of the Son of God. God actually wants us to be one with him. And it is possible for us who are dust from the earth to be united and be one with God, who is spirit and all holy and perfect. What made the situation more complicated is even the fall of Adam and Eve. And we know there is no fellowship between light and darkness. No fellowship between corruption and incorruption. So now this unity became impossible between us and God. So God actually sent his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to become man to take our humanity, to take our humanity, our full humanity. So now we have a person who is God and man in the same time. God, because he is begotten from the Father before all ages, true God of true God. And this true God, in the fullness of time, took all our humanity and became a perfect human being. So now we have God-man, Jesus Christ. If we are united with this God-man and this is possible to be united with him because now he took our humanity, then in him will be united with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and will be one. So, we need to imagine this. God became man in order for all of us to be united in him. And then in him will be one with God the Father. As he said it uh, perfectly in his prayer to the Father, he told him, I in them, I in them, and you in me, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. So, he is saying that the Lord Jesus Christ now is united with us, and he is one with the Father, so we will be one. But, How is oneness 
So any human being now is one with Christ? Any human being? Definitely not. Number one, we need actually to believe in him that he is the son of God and to accept him as our Lord and our Savior. But how can we believe in him when we hear him, when we hear his message and we accept this message, then we believe in him. And he came and presented himself like the bridegroom. So like a bridegroom proposed to his bride, once she hears this proposal and accepted the proposal, now they can start planning for their marriage. So God came actually to propose to us. His word is his proposal. To believe in him and to accept him and to be one with him. That's why he said, I have given them your word. I have given them your word. Sanctify them in by your truth. Your word is truth. So his word is true. When he said, I am the son of God, that's true. When he said, I am the savior of the world, this is true. When he said, no one can go to the Father except through me, this is true. And when we accept this truth, we'll be sanctified. Because we'll be one with him. He said, for their sakes, I sanctified myself. Meaning what? Meaning he died on the cross. And he carried our sins. And he carried our curse. And he abolished the power of death, the power of sin, and he abolished the curse completely. So when we unite with him, we become sanctified. If we believe in him. And actually, he gave us many channels. The first channel is repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are defiled, we are corrupted. But when we repent and we admit our sins, as we read in 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. That's why the sacrament of repentance and confession is very important. Because without this sacrament, we cannot be sanctified. And if we are not sanctified, we cannot be united with him. Also, he gave us another sacrament, which is baptism. When we were born from our parents, we were born carnal. As the Lord said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he who is born of flesh is flesh, meaning he is carnal, led by the lusts of the flesh. So, this carnal person 
must die and to be born again but to be born again not of flesh because if he is born again of flesh he will be carnal too but we need to be born again of spirit because he who is born of spirit is a spirit so he gave us the sacrament of baptism in which we die and we are buried and we are born again from water and spirit and when we are born again from water and spirit now we are spiritual we are new creation we are new persons and this new person can be united with the Lord Jesus Christ then after he sanctified us through repentance and baptism he gave us pledge you know how the bridegroom gives a ring to his bride as a promise that the wedding uh, will happen and the marriage will be pursued God gave us a pledge what is the pledge is the Holy Spirit and we receive it in the sacrament of chrismation sometimes we call it confirmation because since we are anointed with the holy oil the holy spirit dwells in me you are the temple of god and the holy spirit abides in you from this moment after we are baptized and chrismated from this moment we don't belong to the world anymore now we belong to Christ that's why he said they are not of the world the world has hated them the children of God are hated by the world why? because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world and the Lord prayed a beautiful prayer for us I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Maybe somebody will say, if we are not in the world, then we should not live in the world. But no, we have mission here. As the Father sent his Son, and as the Son sent the disciples, we are also sent into the world to bear witness to the world, to tell them, come, taste, and see how sweet the Lord is. Come, be freed from your sins. Come, be sanctified. Jesus is here to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. So the Lord said, I am not asking that you take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. To keep them, to protect them from the evil one, from Satan and all his temptation. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So now we are sent, means we are ambassadors. St. Paul said, we are the ambassadors of Christ. To call the people, be reconciled with God. God wants to be reconciled with you. He shed his blood on the cross to be reconciled with you if you accept 
his proposal, if you accept to be reconciled with him, then you will have the eternal life. So through the repentance, through the baptism and chrismation, now through these sacraments, we become united with him. But in addition to these three sacraments, he gave us a very, very beautiful sacrament, which is the Eucharist. Give us his body and his blood to eat and drink from his body and blood to be united with him. And how many bread we use? Only one bread. How many cups we use? Only one cup. Why? To say that all of us are one. One bread and one cup. All of us, we are one. When actually each one eat from the same body, body of Christ, and drink from the same cup, the blood of Christ then Christ is in all of us and we are in him then we are one we are one that is actually the ultimate goal the ultimate goal why God saved us on the cross so the ultimate goal is not only salvation but there is a goal beyond salvation which is to be one with him and I will explain why, why this is very important, to be one with him. So, any time we sin or we rebel against God, we separate ourselves from him. But with repentance and with confession and communion, now we join his blood, we join his body again and will become one in his body once more. So the true believer, when he sins, he cannot abide in sin. He cannot stay in this sinful situation because sin is separation from God and the wages of sin is death. That's why we need to repent daily and to confess regularly and partake of his body and his blood regularly because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from every sin why it is important to be one with him uh, the, the son explained he said I don't pray for this alone I'm not praying only for the my disciples but also for those who will believe in me through their word. We believed in him through the word of St. Mark. So this prayer also applies for us. That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Then, if we are with him, and we are in him, his glory will be our glory, will be glorified in him. We cannot be glorified away from him. That's why this oneness is very important. Also, the heaven of heavens, no one, no one with a human nature 
can enter there. No one. But Jesus Christ, after his resurrection, he ascended with our humanity, with this human body, and with this human soul, he ascended into the heaven of heavens. And he became a forerunner for us. Nobody can prevent him from entering the heaven of heavens because he is God. But he entered there how? With our human humanity. Why? In this way, if we are in him, we can enter into the heavenly places. We say in St. Gregory liturgy, you brought up my first fruit into heaven. You, you brought up my first fruit up to heaven. So the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, many of us who understand it, that he came to earth to do a mission, he finished the mission, then he went back home. No, it's more than this. The ascension in order to be seated in heaven and our humanity be seated in heaven so when we are in him we will have place in heaven. That's why he said and the glory which you give me I have given them. How he gave them? When we abide in him then his glory will be our glory. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Then actually, after he spoke about the oneness, he made it very clear why this oneness is very important. Father, I desire that they also whom you give me may be with me where I am. The only way to be with him where he is to be in him, to be one with him. Because as I explained, no one with human nature can enter into the heavenly places. No one. Only him. That's why he took our humanity. So we can have access in him into the heavenly places. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. How, how can we behold his glory? Beholding here doesn't mean just looking and seeing his glory, but be one in this glory. I, I, I will give you just uh, an example, but of course totally far from the real example. When you look at the sun and you see the glory of the sun, and then you enjoy the warmth of the sun, here you are not only beholding and seeing, but you are enjoying this glory by enjoying the, the warmth of the sun. In the same way, actually not in the same way, it's more than this. When we are in him, beholding his glory doesn't mean just look at, at his glory from afar, but actually receiving the same glory. As he said, and the glory which you give me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. 
the last thing when we become one with him uh, we will know the father the word knowing the father is not the intellectual knowledge you read about him and you know him but the experiential knowledge that's why he said the world has not known you but I have known you and these have known that you sent me and I have declared to them your name and I will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them what does it mean he will declare his name he will tell us that that is the name of God for example Jehovah no it's more than this David actually every time has a certain experience with God he gives God a name David gives God these names the Lord is my shepherd the Lord is my light the Lord is my salvation the Lord is my power the Lord is my refuge many many different names but when he gives these names it's out of experience now we say God is shepherd, God is teacher, God is power, God is refuge, God. But you say it just as intellectual knowledge. But when we abide in the Son, and the Son is in the Father, then when we know God, we will know Him through experience. Then each one of us can give God a name through the experience that you have experienced. You know, Abraham, when he took Isaac to offer him as a sacrifice, and then God provided a, a lamb to offer instead of Isaac. Abraham built an altar after this experience and gave name to God. In Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh. Meaning what? God provides. God the provider. Now actually he gave them, he gave God a name. God provide. God provided this ram to redeem my son. So when you know all this about God and you know who God is through experience, then the love of God will abide in you. God is my protector. I love him. God is my shepherd. I shall not want. I love him. God is my light. God is my salvation. I love him. So every experience make our love toward God grow and grow. Why we don't feel this love? Because we did not know him yet. Or our knowledge is knowledge about God. Not knowing him. Not experiencing him. So, while these 50 days now is ending, tomorrow is the last day, the feast of the descent of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord now, uh, the church chose this prayer to tell us the purpose of incarnation and the death and the crucifixion and resurrection and ascension and sending the Holy Spirit the ultimate goal is to be one with God. Who among us will capture this opportunity? You are invited to be one with God. 
you are invited to be the bride of Christ. You are invited to receive the glory. All of us, when we were baptized, we accepted this invitation. But are we abiding in this? Are we abiding in our calling or not? Many are called, but not everybody abides in the calling. So be careful, lest after you accepted the calling and after you are abiding in him, you will fall from this calling. Continuous repentance, continuous establish a strong relationship with God, continuous partaking of his body and his blood, worthily with repentance, this actually will confirm your calling and make this oneness with God permanent. So at the second coming, we will hear, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom which is prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.